Uh, my name is James Dermond. I'm the author of Doorways to the Unseen, Six Tales of Terror and Suspense, and you're listening to This Freakin' Show. Welcome to another episode of This Freaky Show. It is the month-long salute to Halloween as we do here on This Freaking Show. The same weekly podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Now, if you're just like me and you love hearing stories, maybe some ghost stories, maybe some stories about history, any type of story, you love listening to it, but you just don't like reading it yourself, Audible.com is the best place for you to go. With over a thousand titles to choose from to have someone else read it to you, it's got to be audible.com. Plus, if you go to audibletrial.com backslash freaknet today, you get a 30-day free trial of Audible. That's right. You can test drive Audible for 30 free days just by going to audibletrial.com backslash freaknet. Plus, on top of your 30-day free trial, you get a free credit to go towards your first book. This freaking show is also brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. If you want a high-quality knit tie for the low price of just $15, head on over to WeAreDapperTies.com and use the special discount code FREAKIN, that's F-R-E-A-K-I-N, to even get free shipping on your order. That's right, a high-quality knit tie for just $15 and free shipping with the discount code FREAKIN, that's F-R-E-A-K-I-N, at WeAreDapperTies.com. Perfect, Joe. Perfect. Guys, we are three weeks into our month-long salute to Halloween as we keep rolling along with this freaky show. Now, we're supposed to have a guest this week, uh, Mandy, the host of the podcast, and, um, excuse me, I felt like I was going to fucking sneeze right there. Hmm. You ever fucking sneeze and it just, like, goes away? Yes, it's the worst. Right? Because you know it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. It's just going to fucking just creep up on you. Anyways, as I was saying, Mandy, the host of Little Geek Lost and the podcast was supposed to be on this week. Something came up, so we rescheduled it. She should be hitting us on our last um, freaky show uh, in October. So in a couple weeks, we should have Mandy on. And we're going to talk a lot about ghosts and hauntings and stuff like that, as she does on the podcast, which is a podcast about uh, hauntings and stuff like that. If you guys are into hauntings and stuff like we do on this freaky show, Mandy has a podcast that she does all year round exactly about that. So make sure you check out the podcast so you can get an idea of who's going to be coming on the show here in a couple of weeks. So instead of doing that, um, I did kind of want to talk a little bit about like um, haunted places and uh, like the creepiest, the hauntest, the most haunted places in the United States. But instead of doing that, I want to do something that you actually talked to me uh, about um, late last week, earlier this week about potentially doing an on-location haunted house kind of episode for the podcast. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which I still think is an amazing idea, and I definitely think we should try to squeeze that in this year before the end of October. But it got me thinking about a lot of the haunted houses and stuff that um, there are, you know, they're around us, the normal ones, but there are other uh, haunted houses in the world that go above and beyond anything that we see around here by us. Because... 
you know when you go into those haunted houses, you get the same generic like intro. You get like 30, 40 fucking people crammed into a room like a herd mm-hmm. of cattle. And they sit there and tell you, don't touch the actors. The actors won't touch you. And as soon as you hear that, you kind of just limp over like a dick after a rub. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's a fucking buzzkill. But um, I found actually five haunted houses in the United States that go above and beyond any type of haunted house we ever been in. Now, we're not going to go visit these haunted houses because they're in like New York and Nevada, Ohio, Kentucky and stuff like that. So we're not going to be able to ah, make up to those. But maybe I next just, year. <laughs> maybe, right? It's, it's the goal. It's the goal of the podcast to do some traveling. And the biggest reason we haven't done much traveling is because shit costs money. Damn straight. Right? And we, I mean, both you and I, we're broke as fuck. Yep. Right? But, you know, we can do more traveling, and we can make that possible by the uh, contributions and growth from our listeners, such as using our uh, sponsors like WeAreDeputized.com uh, or uh, Audible.com. Or even going to uh, tpublic.com and searching TFS and picking up some awesome This Freaking Show merchandise. Damn straight. Right? So there's a, there's many different ways that our listeners could help us uh, travel. But for the time being, I guess we could just enjoy talking about it. True. So, Joe, I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to talk about these, uh, ta- these five haunted houses first? Or do you want to do our segment, Well, That Freaking Happened? Ooh. Um, ooh. That's a good question. You've really wet my you've wet my appetite for these these houses. Right. Um, I'd like to know more about that. I think. Yeah, let's we'll, we'll dive into that. So, uh, they're now they're not ranked as like the scariest, like the weak or the weakest to the most scariest. They're just listed as five of the scariest haunted houses in the United States. So uh, at number five we have. Where's the name of it? The Franklin Brothers Trilogy of Terror. So this is based off Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, description of it, the Freakling Brothers Horror Show is home to one of the most well-known and extremely realistic haunted houses in the world. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada, the show is one of the most traumatic haunted houses you'll ever experience. Dubbed the Gates of Hell, this horrifying ordeal exposes you, the victim, to hellish scenes that are psychological, emotional, and sensory-driven. They also have two other haunted haunts known as Coven of Thirteen and the Castle Vampire. Um, nice. there's, there's a website if you want to check it out. It's a uh, Freaking Brothers Horror Show. No, I'm sorry, it's the Freakling Brothers Trilogy of Terror because they have the Horror Show, the ca- uh, the Castle Vampire, and the Coven of Thirteen. So definitely check those out if you guys are in the uh, Las Vegas, Nevada area and want to check out Freaky Haunted House. Uh, another another one is just called uh, it's called St- uh, Scare House the Basement. This one's based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Scare Houses, the basement, is another extreme haunted attraction for most daring of patrons. From high voltage effects to security screenings before you enter, this place is definitely not for the faint of heart. You will really? be touched, restrained, and hooded. Yeah. <laughs> you tell you flat out, like, you're going to be touched. Right? I don't know what ah. kind of touch I'm talking about, but shit. Uh, you will be tormented, challenged, and scared out of your mind. Warn their website. So, check out uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Go ahead and uh, go to the scare house, the basement. And after you're all done getting the shit scared out of you, head over to Philadelphia and get a cheesesteak. That sounds great. I, I, I want a cheesesteak from Philadelphia so bad. One of my great regrets, regrets about being out east is we didn't really do a lot of traveling on the east coast. Really? 
it was a weird thing like when Colin used to be um out um in Virginia he always talked about how like he would go to like Washington DC from time to time and in my mind it was like why would you take the fucking drive to that but apparently it wasn't that far away from him right yeah <clears throat> everything is so close out there we were like 90 minutes from New York and we only went there once yeah well somebody fucking told me you could bike across like Rhode Island in a day I believe that it's a pretty small place yeah, right. It's, it's it's weird to think of all those fucking like town or states cluttered together like that. You know, just being like in Illinois and I mean, granted, yeah, Indiana's like twenty five minutes from me, but in order to get to like the other side of Illinois, you have to go like three hours. Oh, or you yeah. go all the way down south, it's like five. Fuck that. And why do we have to live in a state mm-hmm. that's shaped like a dick? <laughs> I don't understand. At least life. it's not. At least it's not Florida. Right, God, that the big dick, phallic, the dickest of all, <laughs> the yep. dickest of all. Oh God! All right, probably my favorite title for a haunted house is called "Haunted Hoochie at Dead Acres," <laughs> and there's actually a picture of a woman strapped down to the floor, and the side of her uh, like hip and leg actually write out "Haunted Hoochie." <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to butcher this fucking town's name, but it's Padascala, Ohio. Padascala? I don't fucking know. It looks like it looks like they mixed potato, Alaska, and cola together in one word. That's exactly what it looks like. Padascala. Whatever. Anyways, uh, as their uh, website claims, Haunted Hoochie at Dead Acres offers their patrons a full sensory assault. They take you by the throat and drag you down their rabbit hole of horrors. They'll get your heart pounding. They'll make you wish you never agreed to enter in the first place. Damn. Yep. Uh, number four here, we got the Blackout Haunted House uh, located. This one actually gives you an address. So if you guys live in New York, uh, 342 West 37th Street, New York, New York, 10018. Every time I say stuff like that, it reminds me of Stick Stickley from Nick Jr., Mm. Like, do you remember? You remember Six Tickly at all? I don't think I do. Because I remember, like, so it was basically a popsicle stick with googly eyes uh, glued onto them. Uh-huh. And they always nice. talked about, like, you know, if you like wanted to write to Stick Stickly because that children at a certain age don't know a stick can't really receive mail. But the fucking popsicle stick had its own like PO box. It was like, write to me, Stick Stickly, huh. PO Box nine six three, New York City, New York State one zero one zero eight. Nice. Yeah, or you can email him at nick.com. Look it up, bro. It's like it was like face for after school TV. Oh, okay, gotcha. I remember face. Yeah, uh, so here since 2019, which this year, I don't know why he was used the word since. Uh, since 2019, Blackout not only ranks as the top for most disturbing haunted houses, but also the most terrifying. This year for Halloween 2019, Blackout is back. For October 2nd. So I'm going to assume since 2019 was a typo. Ah, it was. That's supposed to be 2009. So typo on you, uh, canoeactually.com. <laughs> Man, so since 2009, Blackout not only is ranked as the top of the most disturbing haunted house, it was also the most terrifying. This year in 2019, Blackout is back from October 2nd to November 4th in New York. You must walk through the entire thing alone. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, the top one here, I think we actually mentioned on um, a freaky show episode a couple years back. It might have been the first year we did this. Um, but the McCamey Manor. 
Oh, oh. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think this was the one. Well, this is okay. So this one's based out of now it's based out of Nashville and Huntsville. So Nashville, Tennessee, Huntsville, Alabama. There's two locations. This was one that was originally in uh, San Diego. It was supposed to come to Illinois and never made it to Illinois. Mm, I think gotcha. the only, I think the only reason that is because they don't have the death penalty here. Because <laughs> by the way, anyways, uh, this is not your average haunted house. It's literally a walk through one of your most horrific nightmares, the type of nightmares you're glad you've woken from. Formerly located in San Diego, McCamey Manor Horror House is the most extreme interactive haunted house on the planet due to its realistic props, even that putting it lightly. Grown men and those seeking extreme thrills have yet to make it through the entire ordeal, some even leaving in tears. Um, I actually wanted to look more onto this one. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going go, to click the link here to follow up more on it. Uh, let's see here. Russ McCamey is the evil genius behind the scariest haunted house in the world, who, along with his best friend and business partner, Carol Schultz, began scaring the living crap out of people about 14 years ago. Would you want their haunted house free of charge that involves signing a waiver, despite all the freaky fetishes and outlandish haunted theatrics? The house is absolutely free, believe it or not. All that McCamey asks of its visitors is that you make a donation to their Greyhound Rescue Organization. Really? Yeah. Now, there's some pictures here. It looks like there's some uh, pictures. Uh, so, from my understanding, you can only go in two at a time. There is a picture of, of I'm assuming, is a guest, not an actor, with his head leaned over a sink and blood being poured on his head. <laughs> there are a few requirements um, you must pass to even be able to enter the haunted house. You have to be 21 and over or 18 to 20 with a parental approval. So even as an adult between 18 and 20, your parents have to approve you going into this. That's wild. Doctor's letter stating you are physically and mentally cleared to participate in the haunted house. A background check provided by a MM. I don't know what the fuck that is. What the fuck is an MM? I have no idea. Mm. Uh, you have to be via Skype with the creator of the haunted house, proof of medical insurance, sign a detailed 40-page waiver. That's you ridiculous. Must, right? You must pass a portable drug test prior to the show. It will be administered on site. Only two people could go in at a time and get this. You can last anywhere from four to eight hours in there. Oh my god. Uh, the theme constantly changes, so each tour is different for every person according to Russ. There are different locations which you have been streamlined for cult fans determined to make it through. I consider the people who take part in these haunts as my favorites because I research and spend time with them before they go on the haunt. Not only is the scariest haunted house, but it's also one of the most disturbing. Not even have you even have to sign a 40-page waiver agreeing to some of the pretty intense stuff. Haunted house is free with the only cost administered either four cans of dog food or a bag of dog food for the Greyhound Rescue. Uh, so just, if I scroll to the bottom, there was one part I saw. Uh, so some of these pictures I'm going to describe. Uh, two of the guys they let in, they were put in straight jackets and put behind a cage. Mm-hmm. One woman, <laughs> yeah, one woman is being held to the wall by uh, by her throat. <clears throat> Another woman, you remember uh, that thing on Jigsaw or not Jigsaw? Yeah, Jigsaw or Saw, the movie Saw. There was uh, one of the movies. This guy had like this cage on his head. Uh, I can imagine it. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen Saw. 
So this thing pretty much looks like a bird cage uh, with blood being poured on her. Her head's in a bird cage. Gotcha. Uh, sure, a sure, couple sure. couple women uh, tied uh, tied up. Uh, there's one guy who is strapped to a chair with a, again another bird cage, um, sitting on top of his head with uh, stuff being thrown at it. There's a video I'm not going to play. <laughs> Destillation is currently the new theme of 2019 in both Huntsville and Nashville. Uh, I can't find out where it is, but there was one thing that said that if you're able to survive the entire 10 hour uh, challenge of it, you can win like a thousand bucks. I just can't see where that was. That'd be great. Yeah. But there is stuff I don't think I could. uh, I'm looking at pictures here and there's there's things I think I could handle and there's things like a scorpion on my face. I don't think I could do that. Like, in my, I think, like, there's one of two ways you could really look at it. Either you can sit there and say, there's no way they're going to put you in a situation where you're going to die. And you could probably, That's what like, I figure. right, and you could probably, like, struggle through it. But eventually, you're going to hit something in that haunted house that you don't even remember you're afraid of until you fucking see it. Yeah. Like, for, for me, like, my biggest fear ever is fucking, like, silence. Like, I fucking hate, like... Like, I hate going to fucking bed at night with, like, an empty house and you're hearing creaks and shit and the house moving or the wind fucking, like, being up against the house. That's what scares the fuck out of me. Like, going through haunted houses mm. ain't that bad. I think I contribute a lot of it to, again, at the very beginning where they herd you into the room and they say, don't touch them, they won't touch you. But at the same time, you know they're just fucking people. Right. So, when you could get through the idea of, like, okay, yeah, this is, like, almost an it could be up to an eight hour long haunted house. If you look at it, they're just fucking people. They're not really going to fucking murder you. I'll be no problem. But I think the same concept is the more you're terrified, I think the quicker it goes. Cause if I walk right. in, they're like a fucking badass. like, you guys don't fucking scare me. They're going to spend their time fucking with me as much as possible. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, I actually, I'm looking at like the, uh, the frequently asked questions and stuff and the requirements. Mm-hmm. You can be kicked. You can be kicked out for foul language, and really? so I don't. That's actually where I think I would lose, because my my go to, I'd be like, "Fuck this! This is fucking horrible," and I'd be out. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to kick you, know you out I mean? for foul language. I mean, I'm sorry, but if somebody's know. putting my head in a cage and pouring fake blood on me or real blood, whatever the whatever they do, I think I'm gonna be like, "This is bullshit!" Like, what the fuck you doing, you psychos? You know, like I, there won't be a filter anymore. I'm with you. I'm totally with right. you. But that's what I, Not in the frequently asked questions it says that. But yeah, guys. If I mean again, if you're in uh, if you're in uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, or uh, New York City, um, in Padawakadak, Alaska, uh, Ohio, or whatever the fuck you pronounce it, or Huntsville, um, Alabama, or Tennessee, check out these haunted houses. Let us know how they really are, or if you've had the experience to be in one of these haunted houses before. Let us know. Um, on the other end, if you're in the local Chicago area and you guys know of a haunted house that uh, the Freak Joe and I should attend to maybe do like some kind of video uh, recording or maybe like an on-location audio recording for uh, a podcast within this month, let us know as soon as possible. Uh, more than likely, if we don't get a response to you guys in time, we'll probably just find one ourselves. But I love that Joe brought this idea up because I didn't even really think about it too much, and I would love to do something like that. So we're definitely going to have to get that set up. Uh, maybe, I mean, you know, do some recording before and after. and Maybe do some video of, like, the walk around and shit. I would definitely love to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be great. 
All right, Joe, let's dive into the um, uh, that freaking happened. Yes. Yeah. Oh, which, which, by the way, I want to remind again, this was not stolen from the gray area. This wasn't a <laughs> segment that I ripped off of him. Original idea, claiming that's the day I die. Plus, if you guys uh, haven't had a chance to listen to the gray area hosted by Sarge, make sure you check that out. Go to thegrayarea.com or check it out on Podbean. Gray Area is also part of FreakNet Studios, along with this freaking show and JFW podcast. Hi, John. I'm, I'm done interrupting you. What, uh, what, uh, what, what, what did you find that freaking happened this week? I found uh, an event that may well have been part of causing the American Civil War. Oh, damn, nice. Yeah. In 1859, uh, on between the dates of October 16th and 18th, uh, John Brown, a, an American abolitionist, um, that is, he was against slavery, uh, raid, perpet, perpetrated a raid on Harper's Ferry, which uh, I believe is a town in West Virginia, um, which at that time was Virginia because they hadn't seceded yet because um, the Civil War hadn't started. Mm -hmm. um, and he, I think he was, he was, I don't know if he was trying to start the Civil War or if he was just trying to, to draw attention to slavery um, but he was de uh, almost certainly uh, trying to begin a slave revolt among the slaves in Virginia. Um, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't successful. Um, uh, most people, uh, historians look back at it and go, oh, man, that was uh, that was a real failure. Uh, there's no way that was really kind of a suicide mission. Um, but uh, they 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 are uh, they're not sure if he was just trying to raise awareness or if it was an intentional suicide mission, or if he was trying to uh, really kick off a civil war, or if he was hoping that, you know, by sheer numbers, if the slaves revolted, then maybe they, we would, we would skip a civil war entirely. I don't, I don't know what his plan was, but uh, yeah. Interesting thing. Nice. So yeah. Um, he was hung for treason. Uh, Cause at that time that would have been considered treasonous. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I guess they really didn't care much for trials and shit back then. It's kind of like, and it sounds like treason. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I say hung. he might've been shot. It might've been a firing squad. Either way, he was executed. Could have been both. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Shit. Right. Yeah. There was like, it was so hard. I don't know. It's not like you had a, a, a heart monitors. To, right. to know when someone was dead, you you probably had to just double make sure. You just go over and poke him with a stick, like yeah, uh -huh. still breathing, like fuck it. Yeah. Uh, there is actually, uh, it's an interesting thing. There are some states in the United States where they have the death penalty, but if you survive, um, they they have to let you free um, because they consider it it's like an act of God. You've you've suffered the punishment and you survived it, so uh, you're free to go. What? Yeah. That sounds like some Baptist shit, man. I don't know. God. But I mean, hey, I mean, why? If you, I guess, I guess if you survive the death penalty, I mean, might as well, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Oh fuck. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, you because know, I mean, other than like maybe a firing squad with some inaccurate, um, you know, gunsmen. Yeah. Right. The chance of you surviving's got to be pretty little. Right, and especially with with the firing squad, usually it's a uh, uh, one person with a bullet, and everyone else has blanks, but nobody knows which one is the real bullet. 
Yeah, because that way you don't have the guilt of murdering somebody. Right, exactly. Right. I also liked uh, somebody was telling me, which uh, completely off topic of execution, but um, there used to be thing. I, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but there was a certain death that that occurred with people back in the day that they weren't really sure if they were dead or not. So when they were buried, they're buried with a string down to them that was attached to a bell. Mm-hmm. And if you're buried alive, you can ring the fucking bell so people know you're alive so they can dig you back up. I can't remember that. Maybe it was tuberculosis, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it might have been. That sounds right. Yeah. All right. October 12th, 1969. Uh, this is called Paul McCartney Dead? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Dish Jockey and his, audi- his radio audience determined from clues found in the Beatles song and album cover uh, for Abbey Road. That Paul McCartney has died in a car accident in 1967. They claim the Abbey Road album co- cover symbolizes a funeral procession. Uh, if you guys don't know, the Abbey Road cover is the, uh, the Beatles walking across a crosswalk in the street. Uh, they claim that the Abbey Road uh, album cover symbolizes a funeral procession where John Lennon, dressed in white, symbolizes the heavenly figure. Ringo Starr, dressed in black, symbolizes the undertaker. George Harrison and Denim symbolizes the gravedigger, which I don't know why Denim, Denim uh, symbolizes that, but cool. And uh, Paul McCartney, barefoot and out of step of the other, symbolize the corpse, which I didn't really notice until I looked at the picture. But yeah, I mean, Ringo, George, and Lennon are all walking um, right foot forward, where McCartney was walking uh, left foot forward. Huh. I never well, noticed that. I noticed he was barefoot, but other than that. Uh, other clues were messages heard when listening to their songs played backwards, a symbolic interpretation of both lyrics and album cover Im- imagery. One clue is that the words, I buried Paul, are spoken by Lennon in the final section of the song Strawberry Field Forever. However, Len- Lennon has claimed that the words were actually cranberry sauce. <laughs> they were wrong, of course. But uh, yeah, so October 12, 1969, apparently there has been. Uh, Confirmation that Paul McCartney actually died in 1967, and the lead singer of Jet is not the real Paul McCartney. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I watched a uh, a documentary about that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too. Is like when you look at all these people who talk about like the death of like Elvis and Tupac, everyone forgets about Paul McCartney's uh, like possible like is he really dead? Is he really not? But, but I mean, like the same thing has been said about um oh fuck who is that uh I think it's Taylor Swift like there's a lot of rumor that Taylor Swift isn't the real Taylor Swift huh Weird. and um, there's some other uh, singer who uh, some other uh, uh, guy singer who isn't really him I just can't remember it. we're gonna do a show on that we'll do a show about that uh, yeah I think this uh, sounds like fun yeah. yeah celebrity dead or not well it'll be awesome we can do something like that. Plan for the future, Joe. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Joe, why don't we go ahead and dive into um, to uh, this week's Freaky Tales. Yes. So today's Freaky Tale, uh, my lovely wife, Lady Science, um, found for me. Uh, it is called August Heat, and it is by author W.F. Harvey. Uh, it was originally published in... No, the date's not here, but I believe it was 1910. I love, I love when the stories are like classic stories like that, like late, late stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's all I got. I'm not, I'm done interrupting you, man. That's all you know. All good. All good. <laughs> um, August heat. Fenestone Road, Clapham, August twentieth, nineteen. I have had what I believe to be the most remarkable day in my life, and while the events are still fresh in my mind, I wish to put them down on paper as clearly as possible. Let me say at the outset that my name is James Clarence Withencroft. I am 40 years old, in perfect health, never having known a day's illness. By profession, I am an artist, not a very successful one, but I earn enough money by my black and white work to satisfy my necessary wants. My only near relative, a sister, died five years ago, so that I am independent. I breakfasted this morning at nine, and after glancing through the morning paper, I lighted my pipe and proceeded to let my mind wander in the hope that I might chance upon some subject for my pencil. The room, though door and windows were open, was oppressively hot, and I had just made up my mind that the coolest and most comfortable place in the neighborhood would be the deep end of the public swimming bath when the idea came. I began to draw. So intent was I on my work that I left my lunch untouched, only stopping work when the clock of St. Jude struck four. The final result, for a hurried sketch, was, I felt sure, the best thing I had done. It showed a criminal in the dock immediately after the judge had pronounced a sentence. The man was fat, enormously fat. The flesh hung in rolls about his chin. It creased his huge, stumpy neck. He was clean-shaven. Perhaps I should say, a few days before, he must have been clean-shaven, and almost bald. He stood in the dock, his short, clumsy fingers clasping the rail, looking straight in front of him. The feeling that his expression conveyed was not so much one of utter, uh, as of horror as of utter, absolute collapse. There seemed nothing in the man strong enough to sustain that mountain of flesh. I rolled up the sketch and, without quite knowing why, placed it in my pocket. Then, with the rare sense of happiness which the knowledge of a good thing done well gives, I left the house. I believe that I set out with the idea of calling upon Trenton, for I remember walking along Lytton Street and turning to the right along Gilchrist Road at the bottom of the hill where the men were at work on the new tram lines. From there onwards, I have only the vaguest recollection of where I went. The one thing of which I was fully conscious was the awful heat that came up from under the dusty asphalt pavement as an almost palpable wave. I longed for the thunder promised by the great banks of copper-colored cloud that hung low over the western sky. I must have walked five or six miles when a small boy roused me from my reverie by asking the time. It was twenty minutes to seven. When he left me, I began to take stock of my bearings. I found myself standing before a gate that led into a yard bordered by a strip of thirsty earth, where there were flowers, purple stock, and scarlet geranium. Above the entrance was a board with the inscription, Charles Atkinson, Monumental Mason, Worker in English and Italian Marbles. From the yard itself came a cheery whistle, the noise of hammer blows, and the sudden cold sound of steel meeting stone. A sudden impulse made me enter. A man was sitting with his back towards me, busy at work on a slab of curiously veined marble. He turned round as he heard my footsteps, and I stopped short. It was the man I had been drawing, whose portrait lay in my pocket. 
He sat there, huge and elephantine, the sweat pouring from his scalp, which he wiped with a red silk handkerchief. But though the face was the same, the expression was absolutely different. He greeted me smiling, as if we were old friends and shook my hand. I apologized for my intrusion. Everything is hot and glary outside, I said. This seems an oasis in the wilderness. I don't know about the oasis, he replied, but it certainly is hot, as hot as hell. Take a seat, sir. He pointed to the end of the gravestone on which he was at work, and I sat down. That's a beautiful piece of stone you've got hold of, I said. He shook his head. In a way it is, he answered. The surface here is as fine as anything you could wish, but there's a big flaw at the back, though I don't expect you'd ever notice it. I could never make really a good job of a bit of marble like that. It would be all right in the summer like this. It wouldn't mind the blasted heat, but wait till the winter comes. There's nothing quite like frost to find out the weak points in stone. Then what's it for? I asked. The man burst out laughing. <laughs> You'd hardly believe me if I was to tell you it's for an exhibition, but it's the truth. Artists have exhibitions. So do grocers and butchers. We have them too. All the latest things in headstones, you know. He went on to talk of marbles, which sort best withstood wind and rain, and which were easiest to work. Then of his garden and a new sort of carnation he had bought. At the end of every other minute, he would drop his tools, wipe his shining head, and curse the heat. I said little, for I felt uneasy. There was something unnatural, uncanny in meeting this man. I tried at first to persuade myself that I had seen him before, that his face, unknown to me, had found a place in some out-of-the-way corner of my memory. But I knew that I was practicing little more than a plausible piece of self-deception. Mr. Atkinson finished his work, spat on the ground, and got up with a sigh of relief. There! What do you think of that? He said with an air of evident pride. The inscription, which I read for the first time, was this. Sacred to the memory of James Clarence Withencroft, born January 18, 1860. He passed away very suddenly on August 20th, 1900. In the midst of life, we are in death. For some time, I sat in silence. Then a cold shudder ran down my spine. I asked him where he had seen the name. Oh, I didn't see it anywhere, replied Mr. Atkinson. I wanted some name, and I put down the first that came into my head. Why do you want to know? <laughs> it's a strange coincidence, but it happens to be mine. He gave a long, low whistle. And the dates? I can only answer for one of them, and that's correct. It's a rum go, he said, but he knew less than I did. I told him of my morning's work. I took the sketch from my pocket and showed it to him. As he looked, the expression of his face altered until it became more and more like the that of the man I had drawn. And it was only the day before yesterday, he said, that I told Maria there was no such thing as ghosts. Neither of us had seen a ghost, but I knew what he meant. You probably heard my name, I said, and you must have seen me somewhere and forgotten it. Were you at Clacton-on-Sea last July? I had never been to Clacton in my life. We were silent for some time. We were both looking at the same thing. The two dates on the gravestone and one was right. Come inside and have some supper, said Mr. Atkinson. His wife was a cheerful little woman, 
and with the with the flaky red cheeks of the country bred. Her husband introduced me as a friend of his who was an artist. The result was unfortunate, for after the sardines and watercress had been removed, she brought out a Doré Bible, and I had to sit and express my admiration for nearly half an hour. I went outside and found Atkinson sitting on the gravestone, smoking. We resumed the conversation at the point we had left off. You must excuse my asking, I said, but do you know of anything you've done for which you could be put on trial? He shook his head. I'm not a bankrupt. The business is prosperous enough. Three years ago, I gave turkeys to some of the guardians at Christmas. That's all I can think of. And they were small ones, too, he added as an afterthought. He got up, fetched a can from the porch, and began to water the flowers. Twice a day, regular in the hot weather, he said. And then the heat sometimes gets the better of the delicate ones. And the ferns, good Lord, they could never stand it. Where do you live? I told him my address. It would take an hour's quick walk to get back home. It's like this, he said. Well, look at the matter straight. If you go back home tonight, you take your chance of accidents. A cart may run over you, and there's always banana skins and orange peel, to say nothing of fallen ladders. He spoke of the improbable with an intense seriousness that would have been laughable six hours before. But I did not laugh. The best thing we can do he continued, as for you to stay here till twelve o'clock. We'll go upstairs and smoke. It may be cooler inside. To my surprise, I agreed. We are sitting now in a long, low room beneath the eaves. Atkinson has sent his wife to bed. He himself is busy sharpening some tools at a little oilstone, smoking one of the, my cigars the while. The air seemed charged with thunder. I am writing this at a shaky table before the open window. The leg is cracked, and Atkinson, who seems a handy man with his tools, is going to mend it as soon as he has finished putting an edge on his chisel. It is after eleven now. I shall be gone in less than an hour. But the heat is stifling. It is enough to send a man mad. The end. Good job, Joe. Thank you. Guys, if you love hearing this freaky show and hearing Freak Joe do freaky tales, you have the opportunity to participate in that by submitting a recommendation of a uh, story you want to hear him perform. Uh, that has been available since we started doing these. Uh, we do have two more episodes of this month where he'll be reading some stories so if you want to go ahead and get yours in make sure you let us know just comment on our facebook page at this freaking show and let us know hey can can freak joe read this story mm-hmm. and then i'll uh, take in consideration because unfortunately with the way everything is nowadays we can't read everything because of copyright and uh all that other shit that you know legal obligations but i'm sure we can find a way to make something work for sure. Or, you know, if you've written your own story, I, I'd yes. be happy to read it. I think that's that's honestly more fun than reading something old. Absolutely. And we really got to sit down and start uh, creating um, this uh, Freaky Tales, uh, our short storybook. Mm-hmm. We really got to work on that. Uh, which, actually, fun fact, I was actually just thinking about uh, one of our uh, guests we had a couple years ago, James Derman, who came out with uh, his own short storybook. That is still available on Amazon if you guys are interested in scary stories. It's called Doorways to the Unseen. 
Uh, right now, it is currently available uh, through Kindle Purchase for $2.99, or you can buy the hardcover for $7.99. Uh, I'm going to have to get a hold of him and get him back on, because I'd love to talk to him some more on what he's been up to and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Joe, what, uh, what are you freaking thinking about? I am uh, freaking thinking about... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I've been playing... A lot of Dragon Quest Eleven this week on the PlayStation 4. What is Dragon Quest Eleven? Um, it is uh, a game that takes place in the Dragon Quest universe. Um, I've, I've played lots of different games uh, f- that, that are Dragon Quest, most of them on Game Boy. Um, although I think they exist on, on the original PlayStation all the way through, um, as well as I think a few Nintendo games. Um, I could be totally wrong. Um, don't quote me, but, uh, yeah, it's, you're basically, it's, it's your typical, um, Japanese RPG where you're, uh, a special hero of some kind who is called upon for this moment of, of, uh, terrible history. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. You, you have to go around this world collecting things, uh, and, and of course you have to, uh, build your party of different people and, um, uh, fight the big baddie. So it's 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 your classic role playing game, um, but it, it's a lot of fun and very very deep story. Um, I'm probably fifty hours into it, and I think I've got about twenty more to go. Nice. So a lot of bang for your buck if you're a uh, a gamer who is looking for for something to sink a lot of time into. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? What are you freaking there, thinking? There we go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, just I, I, I want to be asked, Joe. Mm-hmm. I like, understand that. Like, like maybe I don't want to go to the prom, but I like to be asked. No, I'm kidding. Um, something that I, it actually uh, came across my mind today uh, as I was driving home from work, and I've actually been thinking about this the last few days. I've been driving, is I never understand how you could be driving south on 57, right? Mm-hmm. And traffic is backed up. It's backed up. It's not going anywhere. And come to find out that the only reason 57 South is backed up is because there's an accident on 57 North. Mm-hmm. And then once you get that past, sucks. and then once you get past that accident, it just clears up. So I'm trying to figure out why the fuck do people going the opposite direction, have to slow down and admire the accent that's happening on the other side. I mean, it's not like this highway is, like, pressed up against each other where there's only a solid yellow line dividing them. I mean, there, there's, there's a stretch of grass and ditch that separate both fucking intersections. I don't understand why people have to slow down and stop to watch everything going on in the other lane. Blows my mind. It's, I mean, and it's, it's, kind of, it's not just, like, today or fucking yesterday. But since I've been like working up north and shift for, like the last seven years, it's the same damn thing. If there's an accident northbound, southbound's gonna get backed up. If there's an accident southbound, northbound's gonna get backed up. Because rubber knuckers can't mind their own business and just keep driving. Damn straight. That's what I've been freaking thinking about. It's nothing <clears> like, you know, like I'm I, I mean, I'm boring as fuck. I haven't been doing anything, but that's what's been bugging me for like, the last couple of days. It's like you know, like this shit happens, and I don't, I don't understand why. I'm like, I've seen accidents. There are people who sit at home on YouTube and and fucking search crazy car accidents. Just go do that shit. Don't worry about what's going on in the other lane. 
keep moving. I want to get fucking home. Yeah. I feel you. All right. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Every week, our listeners can catch uh, Cartoon Joe or The Freak Joe, depending on uh, what uh, what time of year it is, here on this freaking show. But that's just one episode a week of This Freaking Show or This Freaky Show. And I know that is not enough, Joe, for our listeners. So what can we do for them or let them know where they can go get more Joe? If you need more Joe, cartoon or otherwise, head on over to GeekCast Live podcast at gcl.ninja. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Has it only been uh, Cartoon Joe, GeekCast Joe, and Freak Joe as through your uh, podcasting career? Is there another name I don't know about? No, I think that's it. Is that it? Pretty sure. Perfect. <laughs> Awesome. Guys, make sure you follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at This Freaking Show. Uh, go ahead and uh, listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean just by searching This Freaking Show. I mentioned before, This Freaking Show is part of Freaknet Studios, which is an umbrella community network system of what well, I'm, I'm still trying to find a proper term for it, but is partnering up with uh, Just Freaking Wrestling, a show that I host with uh, my buddy Dizzle J. We talk about nothing but uh, professional wrestling. And we're also partnering up with Sarge, who hosts The Gray Area, where it's a weekly show where he kind of picks out some topics, gives his own views and expressions on it, and kind of gives you guys a little bit of advice on how to make your life more Sarge-like, if you will. So make sure you check out The Gray Area, and make sure you check out JFW Podcast as well. How about Freaknet Studios and everything? As always, I am Travesty. And I'm the Freak Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.